This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am now joined by Toronto Mayor John Tory. He is currently in self-isolation at home. Mayor Tory, hi. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Libby. How are you? I'm I'm fine. So you're feeling good? Yeah, I feel great. I don't have any symptoms of anything uh, other than maybe a bit of, uh, I was going to call it cabin fever, be like condo fever in my case. But, uh, you know, this is the advice we're giving to people who've been traveling, as I was on city business uh, to sell Toronto over in London. And when I came back, uh, the rules had changed and they wanted people to self-isolate. So I felt, obviously, we can't tell people to do that and then not do it myself. So here I am. And uh, the great news about it is that I'm actually able to be very, very productive because there's no one here. I'm here by myself and I'm on the phone, conference calls, updates, uh, phone calls to the other governments and things all day and uh, there's nothing to interrupt. So I guess if there's a silver lining, that's it. I mean, you you uh, said it that part of this self-isolation and we see other politicians have had to undertake it as well is as an example to show other people who may be reluctant. Yeah, it's very inconvenient because I'm doing things like uh, radio is easy because I can do it on the phone. Television, I've had to learn about using uh, the iPad technology that allows me to go on TV from here, but I have to do it all myself. So, you know, I'm not so good at it, but I'm working on that. And uh, I have so, to you learn know, it it's too, one of those things where case. I have my job to do. I'm still doing it very actively, uh, but I do have to set the example and make sure I keep other people safe, which is the whole idea of all this uh, stuff we're doing. Keep people safe by not having them exposed to uh, anybody who might have this virus or who has it, and uh, that's the entire idea behind everything that's going on with the province and the feds as well. Yeah, I, I have to say that that here, uh, myself included, we're having to learn new technical things, which uh, we don't love. But, yeah. but silver lining, too, got to learn that stuff. Um, right. Mayor Tory, uh, you, I'm sure there are people willing at the other end of the phone to help you if you need te- technical help, and, and you're certainly being paid and supported. Uh, That's not the case for a lot of other people. And I know you've talked about people who may not be covered under employment insurance, which means that the expanded employment insurance isn't going to help them. Uh, We here, we do a lot of coverage of the arts, and that is uh, almost all suspended. And as you pointed out, those people, you know, make money in the restaurant industry, which is also shut down. I confronted exactly this yesterday, Libby. Uh, I'm having a series of uh, telephone roundtables. Uh, yesterday, probably 40 people from the tourism, hospitality, restaurant business. Today, uh, small business. Uh, last night, uh, one to do with film industry, probably 20 people on from that industry. And one of the themes is exactly what you just said, which is there are people, for example, who act who don't necessarily have enough acting work to uh, provide for all their needs, so they also work in a restaurant. And in both jobs, they're not uh, entitled to unemployment insurance. So uh, one of the things I'll be advocating to the Deputy Prime Minister this afternoon, to the Finance Minister and others federally, is not just that they expedite people being able to get on unemployment insurance, but as they've said they will do, uh, that they expand the eligibility to include uh, people who ordinarily wouldn't qualify because they're out of work. And in some cases, they're out of both jobs. They have not just one. And uh, they still have to pay their rent and, and buy themselves food. And where else are they going to get money from? And I think if the federal government has said, and I know they're going to, I think they're going to come through big time with this $100 billion 
then a portion of it should absolutely positively be dedicated to people like that who are going to be out of work uh, and have nowhere to turn to and, and otherwise wouldn't be eligible for unemployment insurance. So we're on top of that. Okay, well, and, and that would be the mechanism because normally you have to pay into EI to get it out. Um, it would be through that EI, you think? But Well, I think it's just because they have a system set up to issue checks to people and all that. And so really the only thing that's barring that is the fact that the people haven't been enrolled up till now in the program. But I think, you know, this is part of the problem government sometimes has is that we have, you know, kind of rigid rules and rigid forms and, you know, disqualifications of people for this or that. These are extraordinary times. So to me, and I think the federal government's on the same wavelength, I believe, and the province, we're all going to say, look, some of those rules go out the window for now for groups of people who otherwise will be left with nothing. And if they said they had some other way that was more efficient to transfer money to, you know, actors and film people and restaurant employees and whatnot, well, I'd say fine. But I'm not sure there's going to be a more efficient way to do this than through the unemployment insurance system. And But I'll just be advocating on it. And I'll say, look, to me, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Uh, you'll decide that. But it needs to be timely, meaning quick. It needs to be efficient uh, so that we're not having people bogged down in endless paperwork. Um, and uh, so we'll see where it goes. Uh, I've also had questions from people who say they are seniors and they do a little bit of part-time work that's that's gone. Is that something that might be compensated? I don't know. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, there are some seniors who rely on that work for uh, their livelihood, uh, but I don't know. I, I would say... I don't want to call it a secondary priority, but I would say that I'd be worrying first about the people who are, um, you know, people that are um, full-time workers. But it, look, I think there's going to be all kinds of people, businesses, people, young and old, who are badly dislocated by this whole thing. And I think the objective is going to be to help as many as possible. But you, you know, to be honest, you have to set some priority on this. Uh, and I realize a lot of your listeners are a bit older, like the same age as me, uh, and I don't want to diminish their work they're doing or the importance to them in terms of their, uh, their uh, income. But I think we should start with the people who literally might be forced out of their homes because they just can't pay their rent. And by the way, it's also going to include on our part, I'm sitting down with a group of landlords uh, to discuss with them what they can be doing uh, to try to, you know, at the other end, not cause people to have to write the checks that they don't have the money to write, if you know what I mean. I know. But then also businesses, you know, their money's not coming in either. We uh, we had that exact discussion this morning with the, the they call them the BIAs, which are the organizations in Toronto that represent small businesses in different in different neighborhoods, and they pointed out the need. And I've been speaking about this over the past week that I really am asking landlords now, people who own uh, premises that are occupied by a store or a restaurant, to be reasonable. Uh, you know, April 1st is a date coming up that they told me this morning they're all afraid of in the sense that they all have to come up with money to pay a rent check, let alone an HST uh, remittance to the federal government. And they're going to be asking landlords and governments, and I'm going to be speaking on their behalf and including our government uh, to show some degree of forbearance so that people can have the option of paying that a bit later without a penalty. So that's the kind of thing we're all going to have to do uh, in extraordinary times. Uh, these are things you prefer not to do, but I think we're going to have to do it in order to prevent, you know, all kinds of people from permanently going out of business, in which case all those jobs are permanently lost, not just temporarily. Yeah, and uh, I've heard that maybe there will be some kind of tax delay. Uh, the other side of that, of course, is that low-income people get money back and uh, that will be delayed if they can't file their taxes on time. And all these points were made. Just one of the great benefits of having these, I've probably talked to 60 or 65 people so far in these uh, four conference calls that I've had to listen, and I'll be having, I think, at least four more of them. One of the great things is you get all these points brought to your attention um, so that people say, look, there are checks coming back the other way that people really rely on, 
and that you want to make sure if anything you could try and accelerate those because there are people having troubles uh, in other areas because of the uh, slowdown in business and so on. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're going to try and get our act together uh, and, and, and develop a whole series of measures, some of which can be implemented immediately. We've already done it, say, with regard to property taxes and said to people, look, if you're struggling, we're going to put a grace period in place for at least the next 30 days. I expect it will be extended to say we're not going to penalize you if your taxes are late because right now you may not have the money to uh, to write that check. I also would say, Libby, it's really, really important, and I know the uh, Zoomer audiences uh, are the kind of people that will be following the rules, as it were, but I think people have to listen carefully to what our medical officer of health is saying, and that means stay home. It means, uh, you know, don't go to places where people gather. The malls are still open. Some office buildings are still open, and frankly, we'd rather all those people didn't um, you know, go out either because the more people stay home, the more they're not going to be exposed to other people, the more that we're going to slow down the spread of this virus. And that's really, really essential. Uh, so I just, and I hope employers are listening wherever possible, which we're going to be doing later on today, saying to our employees that are not essential, we need firefighters, we need police officers, obviously, to be on the job, but others we don't, and that they should go home and work from home, and that we will not penalize them, we'll support them. And I think everybody has to adopt that attitude because it's kind of an all-for-one, all... one, one-for-all uh, thing to, you know, to, to flatten out this, uh, defeat this terrible virus. Uh, well, we have already done that here. There are only uh, a few people working uh, who are considered essential. I just want to clarify one thing. Yesterday, when Eileen Davila gave the order for restaurants and bars to only do takeout and for clubs to close, uh, it was a suggestion, even though she hinted at a big fine for people who break it. Now that the province has declared a state of emergency, you have the power to levy those fines. Is that right? Yes, and so do they. And that really was the point of all this. I mean, the only reason I think, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, that uh, Dr. Davila didn't move right to uh, an order across the board is because the law may not provide for her to issue a blanket order. It may provide that she could issue orders restaurant by restaurant. So we did the the alternative that was best, which was uh, a suggestion, a strong recommendation to close followed by her saying that she had the ability to go on people who didn't comply, issue orders case by case. The provincial order uh, makes it clearer and makes it, um, you know, um, more of a blanket uh, prohibition and therefore subject to enforcement if people don't close. But I can't really imagine there are too many people out there at this stage in the restaurant and bar uh, business, even though it's St. Patrick's Day, who aren't going to understand the public interest here in not having people get sick is uh, served by their closing, as unfortunate as that is. Uh, and that's what they'll do. Okay, uh, Mayor Tory, uh, you have a busy day there at home in your condo. What would you like to leave us with? Just that message that, uh, first of all, uh, your governments have your backs, especially to those who are worried about being dislocated by all of this. Uh, and I will just tell you from the healthcare professionals that are working with me and with my colleagues, um, they're, they're sensible, smart, accomplished, uh, dedicated people, and they're doing their best and uh, that we are going to be coming forward, all three governments, with uh, very extensive measures to help people and to help businesses. And then finally to say to people, please, uh, we'll try and do all that. Will you make sure you try, whether it's self-isolating if you've traveled or whether it's uh, staying home from work or whether it's uh, not going to places you might otherwise go, 
everything you can do to stay home and to stay safe and stay healthy and keep everybody else healthy would be much appreciated. I think that's the, and by the way, support people who are self-isolated. My next door neighbor uh, here, uh, you know, offered to get me coffee from Starbucks because I can't go out. So he's brought me dutifully for the last three or four days of Starbucks, which, uh, you know, I like that coffee and uh, I'd happily taken a Tim Hortons too, but I just like coffee for some reason that is brewed in those wonderful places we have. So, you know, do something kind for a neighbor that may be uh, isolated and uh, we'll all uh, we'll all come out the other end of this stronger and better. Maybe IT can show you how to make uh, use a coffee machine. <laughs> no, no, I have one, but it just uh, for some look, Libby, don't tell me why. It's like eating a meal in a restaurant. Same food, maybe even cooked by somebody who's a really good cook. It tastes good, better because you're in a restaurant. And in this case, I have a coffee machine here. I, I know how to use it, but it's just that the stuff from uh, some somewhere else sometimes sometimes seems to just taste better. I think a lot of your listeners know that. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, thank you for that. And also, I'll make sure we put out the message that property taxes are going to be deferred. I know a lot of people are very uh, happy to hear that. Yeah, we've got a grace period on. It's in effect. It's on the Toronto.ca website. People can check it out. Okay. Mayor John Tory, thanks. thanks so much. Bye-bye, Libby. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.